Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Volume. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome in to a brand new episode. Snaps. Uh, you're watching on YouTube today. You'll see that it's a little lonely here on Snaps today. As uh, there's no Aaron Murray, nobody beside me. Right, you're getting a wider view of my room. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, William Anthony pointed out here in the chat. Uh, T-Bob flying solo today while his homies are out doing awesomeness. Right, we got Aaron out there at the waste management tournament. Um, Probably getting fucked up with the boys. Um, my other co-host of my morning show, Jake Hester's out there in Vegas covering the Super Bowl. Um, and you know, many in my position would sit here and they would ask, Why me? Why do my co-hosts get to do all the fun shit? But you know, you know how I feel about it? You know how I feel? There is nowhere else I would rather be on this entire motherfucking planet than talking college football with the homies right here on this show on snaps. Shout out to the volume. Shout out to everybody hanging out in the chat. This is fun for me. This is my favorite part of the day. I'm super excited. And guess what, fellas? Season or season of discovery phase two. Drop it tonight. We're rated BFD. Get experience. I'm turning fucking 35 tomorrow. The vibes are immaculate. So if you're in the chat, hit the like button. Sub. Thank you for joining. We gonna have some fun today. Okay. We got a lot on the docket today. Uh, we got Nick Saban joining game day. We got Kirk Herbstreit telling Dylan Raiola to go to uh, Nebraska. We got Tennessee battling the NCAA. We got a full-ass signing day recap, in which I got a lot to talk about. We got Sports Twitter Hall of Fame. So it's going to be it's gonna be a good show, y'all. I'm fired up, man. I really can't wait. I'm, I'm getting so fired up, actually. I'm going to have to jack it off right now. Well, um, if you're uh, if you're watching the show, you understand that when I said that, I took my uh I took my jacket off. Um that's what uh I meant there. It does remind me of probably my favorite album title of all time, which is um Blink 182's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Uh a very juvenile joke, no doubt. Um, but one that I kind of always thought was in a lot of ways a height of wordplay. Um so yeah, we got a lot to get to today. Uh let's go ahead and start though. Uh, with the Nick Saban news. And look, as always, I'm going to be looking at the chat throughout the show. And um, 
and uh and and we'll 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 get to it. Uh sports guy says if I see lotion or Kleenex, I'm out. Well, how do you feel about uh coconut oil? Right? Because you know we keep this on deck. It's great for the skin, man. Whenever I shave, just lather up my neck, face, whatever in it. Um, all right. So uh Nick Saban. Set to join college game day. Adam Schefter reporting it yesterday. Saban releasing a statement that, you know, it's kind of the saving camp, kind of a boring saving saying, quote, uh, ESPN and college game day have played such an important role in the growth of college football, and I'm honored to have the opportunity to join their team. I'll do my best to offer additional insights and perspectives to contribute to college game day, uh, the ultimate Saturday tradition for college football fans. Um, I got to say this, dude. Uh, I love this move, you know? It's crazy. This is something that I always wanted. I just kind of assumed that it would was too good to be true, right? That maybe Saban would want to take a step back. Maybe he would take like an administrative role in college football. Like I, I didn't know exactly what shape or what his next step was going to be. I've always thought he could be awesome at media, right? Like even publicly, we've seen the softening of Saban over the last years. He's become more likable. Uh, you always hear from his former players, former coaches, that while he is a hard man, he's also fucking funny. He's witty, he's likable, all these sorts of things, right? Um, I, and again, when we've gotten glimpses of him in these television situations, I think he's done really well. And that's been with the caveat that he had to at least be somewhat buttoned up and still like um, stumping, not stumping for Bama, right? But he was still an active college football head coach. And so, um, yeah, I think I, I look. I, it's great, man, and it's crazy because when Nick Saban retired, if you remember how we reacted, um, certainly I've loved watching the melt of Alabama fans, and um, you know, it was like a bit of a wicked witch is finally dead sort of situation. But where I immediately found myself was going to respect and finally being able to kind of celebrate the resume and celebrate the career because no longer um, will I have to suffer under his oppression and. I think this is a continuation of that feeling, man. I think I'm probably going to end up loving Nick Saban is. Um, or, or excuse me, I, I think I'm going to end up loving Nick Saban. Like it, 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 and again, he brings with him a resume and these skins on the wall where anything he says immediately carries with it a legitimacy that just nobody else in the business has. Um, Scott Dice says, I'm fired up about saving joining game day. He's going to make sure everyone knows he likes LSU more regrets going to Bama. Ms. Tarot makes sure he says it. Uh, this feels like cope, Scott. But, um, you know, you're huffing a bit of copium there. Um, but I get it. I mean, we lost the best coach. If you're an LSU fan, you lost the best coach of all time. Uh, and who knows how different history would be had that not happened. So... I don't think I'll ever say that. What I Look, my my one thing that I hope is well, I got two things. First, I hope that he does let his guard down and we get to see some of that very famous personality beyond just the gruff exterior. Um, actually, I'm going to make it three things. So that's one of my hopes. My second hope or thing that I'm looking forward to is I really am going to appreciate his insights, right? I mean, again, we talked about the adaptability of Nick Saban being his greatest and strongest suit. And so to bring that adaptability and that understanding of, um, 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 organizational dynamics and, and football itself to bring that all to this modern era where everything changes and he can offer you maybe his best practices and what he would do. Like, I think this is all going to be unparalleled valuable insight. Uh, and the third thing that I kind of hope is that even though this won't happen on game day, he gets to sit down at a table with David Pollock once again, uh, because it was quite the shot across the bow when David Pollock clearly said to that man, uh, you know, Nick uh, Kirby Smart is now the king of college football, and then Nick Saban with the fucking walk-off fadeaway win, uh, beats Georgia and Kirby once again in Atlanta, and then retires. So, like, he can never—I mean, Kirby will never have it over him. And and so, I would love to see that interaction, uh, once again. So, say, so, yeah, look, man, um, I think this is awesome. I can't wait. This is great news. Um, in other news, one of the, the storylines kind of making the rounds today was, uh, when he's in Baton Rouge for game day, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. When he's anywhere for game day, dude. But yeah, like, um, 
News News can't wait to hear his take when the dogs go to Tuscaloosa. It's definitely going to be interesting seeing him navigate that. Though we do live in an era where I think we're more accepting than ever of uh, guys being fans and having biases in our media, especially when they're not traditional journalists, which is actually a perfect segue to the next story that I want to get into, which is Kirk Herbstreet allegedly telling um, Dylan Rayola to decommit from UGA and commit to Nebraska. Uh, this comes from an interview that Dylan's father did, the Nebraska great. Um, I think it was on 247. And I want to be clear about this, though, because some are saying that, like, the like you see the headline, and people are saying that Herbstreet straight up called the role. was like, you need a flip. How it worked was rumors were coming out that Dylan was going to flip or to think about flipping. And then Kirk Herbstreet called his dad. It was like, bro, he's got to do this. Like, is this true? If it is, he's got to do this. And I guess the, the my reaction to it is, yeah, fuck yeah. I agree with Kirk. We said at the time. And again, Kirk Herbstreet is not a journalist, okay? He does not technically have to abide by media ethics. Now he has some things, right? Like if he's calling the game, he can't pick the game that he's calling on game day, right? But no, Herbstreet is an entertainer at the end of the day. And he's pretty much saying what we were all saying at the time, which is it is way fucking cooler and better for Dylan Rayola to go to Nebraska than UGA, right? Like what's more interesting? Another former, uh, you know, a, a, a former superpower potentially being restored to glory, adding another major contender into the year-in, year-out mix, or the monolithic empire that are the Georgia Bulldogs getting one quarterback stronger. I mean, we'll get into Georgia's recruiting class. Um, we'll get into Jordan, uh, Georgia's recruiting class a bit later in the show. I mean, 10 of the top 100 recruits in the entire nation. Are you kidding me? 14 of the top 50? And that's without Raiola. Like, come on, man! It's already overwhelming. It's 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 vastly more interesting for Dylan to uh, go Nebraska, and so I'm hyped, dude. I'm very hyped um, that Kirk Herbstreit called up and 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 kind of helped to push this in whatever way he did, or kind of confirm it, right? Because that's what Raiola's dad said. He's like, well, when Kirk called and said that, like, basically that rules a special leader, and that. Uh, Dylan should do this if he's thinking about it. That was kind of the confirmation. Good. I'm glad. I think that works out for everybody. Now, again, may come at me, teacup. Might be a little biased, but um, I think it's best for college football. Uh, John Glasgow, tell everyone to get over it. Herb Sheen getting trounced since he's brought his dog on the road. LOL. Um, look, man, whatever. You, you reach a point of fame and uh, you're just going to get shit on. It just is um what it is uh george mott herbie hearing anything about this is a joke uh might be great advice yeah i think it is um and again i'm i'm, I'm glad that herb street did this he's a fan of college football he covers college football and it's gonna be and we'll get into the big 10 trying to catch up to the sec but nebraska would be one of the interesting teams um therein look at chat here uh Crazy news news says crazy how easily kids' intentions end up leaking uh, before official announcements these days. Uh, that's because information um, has a literal monetary connection when the news gets large enough and the business of recruiting is massive, right? Look no further than the three empires that Shannon Terry has built. And rivals two, four, seven, and now on three, which is funny. I find myself using on three a lot nowadays. Um, so if you have that information and your site is the home for that information, well, you can make money off of that. And so anytime money gets involved, well, that makes things harder to keep in. And so, yeah, like, of course, um, they're going to leak nowadays. Uh, uh, Royal Payne, I'm a Bama fan, but take Proctor at left tackle. Sometimes kids need to go to the right fit. He's back at Iowa. I agree, right? And for Iola, I think that's the answer there. Um, he comes from a Nebraska family. Again, I do think Matt Rule's a transcendent leader. I think year two is going to be massive here. And I don't know if Raiola will work out or not, right? I mean, you just never know with individual recruits. But if he does, choo, that's exciting. And that could be fucking awesome. Um, Jerry W, you're full of shit, T-Bob. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing about Nebraska that's more interesting than the SEC. 
Uh, I disagree. I mean, I, I think I think the Big Ten. Now, look, the, look, the SEC and the Big Ten are of equal interest to me. Um, I may know more about the SEC because of my own geographical upbringing and playing in it and whatnot, and the teams we cover mainly. But like the Big Ten, featuring Oregon, USC, UCLA, a potentially resurgent Nebraska, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, like. I find that all to be terribly interesting. The two bursts of the super conference. Um, Clint Moses says rule greater than fickle after hiring Grinch, bro. When I tell you, I was just reading like college football news yesterday and I was fucking shocked to learn about the fate of Alex Grinch. Um, I guarantee like 99% of people listening to this don't know what happened to Alex Grinch. Uh, He's the co-defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. I I don't know what this man does. And he had like such a funny quote that I read. And it was about like having a chip on your shoulder when things fail. Nobody has a bigger chip than me. And it's like, okay, bro, I don't, I don't know what that means. Cause you weren't great at Oklahoma. Um, though maybe it wasn't the abject disaster that it became a USC, but you were hopeful at USC. And then what Luke Fickle, a very good you know, arguably top 10 coach hires you to be co-DC at a place that's always had good defense. Again, I find that to be shocking. But Alex Grinch, safeties and co-defensive coordinator of your Wisconsin Badgers. Um, the conferences we've called the Big Ten and the SEC will go by the same names, but they will be truly changed forever starting next year. Yes, I think we are. Um, I think we are on the... Well, okay, chat, way to go. Y'all keep providing me with great segues here because it dovetails with the next conversation. We are on the cusp of um, the continued revolution of college football, the 2020 forging, the reforging of college football. And uh, it's not going to stop at 24. In fact, it's only going to roll right along. And it probably ends with the NCAA, maybe not being wholly destroyed, but having... um, no administrative power, maybe not administrative, no punitive power over the sport of college football. And now we arrive at Tennessee and the NCAA where you be careful about the headlines here, okay? Because uh, you might read something about Tennessee not winning this initial case against the NCAA. Tennessee was seeking to get a, uh, so, okay, so let's, let's, let's do this. The NCAA, out of nowhere, everybody's chilling. They walk into the party and they just kick Tennessee in the dick for no reason, right? Yeah, say something, right? Like we've talked about. Um, Tennessee's kind of like, and they do that in the form of saying like, you violated our NIL rules. There is no NIL in recruiting. And Tennessee's like, whoa, bro, what the fuck? Ow, like, what, what, what are you talking about, dude? Like everybody's doing this. What do you mean? And then, so they try to go to court and get a restraining order on the NCAA enforcing its NIL rules, basically saying, look, the NCAA needs to stop this investigation because um, it's bullshit. Well, the judge did not grant the restraining order, okay? He said that Tennessee did not uh, demonstrate the, quote, irreparable harm that is required to grant a restraining order. And that makes sense because right now, just investigation, there has been no irreparable harm done to that of Tennessee, but be careful thinking this is actually a win for the NCAA. Um, this is more akin to like winning the first quarter, but hating how the game is trending, right? Like I, th- I think about like when your team comes out hot, um, maybe you know you're like kind of the disadvantaged team, but maybe you jump out to an early lead. Maybe you get like a, <clears throat> like you only stop them because you get like a lucky turn or maybe you get the like miss an extra point that you're worried is going to come back to hunt you. Maybe like the Lions the other day where they could have made that lead even larger, but they didn't get that fourth down conversion. You're like, fuck. Like, yes, technically the NCAA is on the scoreboard first, but the larger game trends would point towards Tennessee winning this because the um, judge, Judge Corker, would go on to say, and the plaintiffs here are Tennessee, quote, considering the evidence currently before the court, plaintiffs, Tennessee, are likely to succeed on their merits of their claim under the Sherman Act. Of course, the Sherman Act are antitrust laws. He said, quote, the NCAA's NIL recruiting ban likely harms competition and therefore is anti-competitive. He would go on to say that the rules in question, quote, 
likely foster economic exploitation of student athletes. So as you can see, this is a, co a continuation of what we have been saying on this show for the last couple of years, and that is just flat fucking out. The law is not on the NCAA side. It's not. It has not been since Justice Kavanaugh sent that letter years ago. They lost the battle to rule kids ineligible for transferring too many times. They're going to lose this battle on February 13th. And, that, and that's when it's going to go down in the courtroom and the actual injunction is going to be ruled upon. And I fully expect the NCAA to lose because, again, the NCAA is illegal and would be flatly illegal in any other sector of American business. Uh, and it's also, like we said, you can't cap advertising. How do you control advertising? How do you control the average American from being able to benefit off of their likeness if somebody wants to give them money to do so? You can't do it. And you won't be able to. So if you feel angry or, or if you feel friction um, burned up in some sort of way by the direction of this sport, you have to understand that that friction was created because we accepted a model that was illegal for well over 100 years. And now finally that model is being exposed for the, the dictatorial farce that is it, it has always been, the anti-competitive farce that it has always been. And uh, well... The floodgates are open. So again, bottom line, Tennessee loses the battle for the restraining order, but if the judge's uh, kind of ominous foreshadowing is any indication, I don't think the NCAA is a case here. I think it's going to be uh, just the latest in a string of legal defeats for them. And I don't know why the NCAA waded into these waters in the first place, man. And so good luck to them. This kind of feels like the next step down the beginning of the end as every time they go to court, it just feels more obvious. Um, Clint Moses is college football, the dirtiest, most scandal skilled sport time to cut ties to the NCAA. Well, again, this is a bit like prohibition, right? Um, if you make alcohol legal, you're going to create crime because people want to fucking drink alcohol. Uh, if you tell me I can't play football players, you're going to create scandal because people want to fucking play football, pay football players. It's, it's, it, it, it's really that simple. Um, is there really such a thing as a win for the NCAA? Um, I mean, making money off of tournaments. I mean, look, the NCAA does good work. That's it. That's the craziest thing about this, right? Like they, they provide the framework through which a lot of people get to continue their, um, academic and athletic careers. They put on great tournaments, great championships. Um, it's just that they are beholden to this old broken model that has them that, that, that all too often puts them in a position where they have to highlight their flaws uh, and their flaws are just that, that it's, it's an illegal model. And if you're going to try to offer up punitive, um, if, you're, if you're going to try to enact punitive measures, but the basis of those punishments, right? Like the, the foundation upon which it's built is illegal. Then the people you're trying to punish are not going to stand by and let you unless you're Florida and you want Billy Napier out of there. Then you're like, yes, yes, I agree. NCAA that was fucked up what they did. It's not unlike how Tennessee just a few years ago. It's funny to watch the differences in Tennessee in both cases, right? Just a few years ago, they essentially weaponize uh, the NCAA to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt without paying out the buyout. Uh, and now they're like, ah, uh -uh, you ain't taking hypo. Okay. We're about to go to the mat for this. We got the attorney general involved. We got, there's nothing more bipartisan when it comes to the state legislature than college football. So I, I think this is, um, if it, the old domino mean, even though I guess these dominoes have been falling, this is the, you know, Tennessee loses restraining orders, a small domino. And then the largest one is like players unionize, break away from the NCAA and form a new CBA. Um, yeah, George Mott says Big Ten and SE tell them to all eat shit and start their own college football championship. Yeah, that's probably what what ends up uh, what ends up happening. Next on this list, let's talk signing day. Signing day yesterday. Um, you know, it's the class thing. Second signing day, not exactly uh, the all-out insane celebration that uh, old signing days were in the past, but. Still some storylines, and still maybe more importantly, a um a good chance to kind of reflect on the class that was and the final rankings of the classes. And I got a lot of thoughts on Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, uh, and we'll get to them right after DraftKings. 
DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Pick 6 is the newest way for you to get in on the fantasy football action with DraftKings. Just pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of a stat. Track your lineup and compete against others for a huge shot at cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code TBOB. That's code T-B-O-B. Only on DraftKings Pick 6, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products, are pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Uh, Camille Khalil Butler says, I miss old signing day. It was always a good time, dude. We used to have this thing called the Bayou Bash in Baton Rouge, and like all kind of businesses would buy tents. And every, I mean, it was just an excuse for everybody to get like hammered drunk on a random February Wednesday. Very good time. But, uh, but yeah, man, things, things change. Um, although the calendar would be, you know, something that we think would definitely change going forward in college football. Uh, but look, I, I think, you know, here are my big recruiting takeaways. First, song remains the same. 
in many ways. Georgia and Alabama, still one and two in the country. And let's start with Alabama. Uh, I think the death of Alabama has been greatly exaggerated. This is something that I've kind of been pretty consistent on in this show. Um, I think it's a big win for Kalen DeBoer to hang on to 92% of this class. Um, I think that's highlighted. And obviously, a lot of this hay is already in the barn, right? But but guys could have left, even if they signed in December, and Kalen had to re-recruit them. Uh, and the most massive win is obviously retaining Ryan Williams. Because not only is this a five-star plus guy, right? Consensus five-star. Um, he's been Mr. Football for the state of Alabama two years running. And when he decommitted, he was reportedly leaning towards Auburn. And you want to talk about a symbolic disaster? If if one of the first interactions between Auburn and Alabama and the and the Kalen DeBoer era was Hugh Freeze coming in and stealing away Mr. Football for two years running, that would have been brutal. Okay. It's a big win for Kalen DeBoer. Um, I don't think. Alabama's going anywhere on the field. Again, like what we cannot lose sight of is this is going to be Kalen DeBoer's most talented team he has ever had. The one question that I do have when it comes to DeBoer, and I think this is fair, is, um, or th- this I'll say, I, it's hard to know what DeBoer is going to do in recruiting, right? If you look at his resume, there's no like real dominant recruiting success to which to which you can hang your hat on, but also, he's never really been in a position like Alabama that's been traditionally dominant recruiting, right? Like OC in Indiana, what are you going to do? Fresno State, what are you going to do? Uh, Washington, not a recruiting powerhouse. Sioux Falls, it's Sioux Falls, obviously. Um, now he takes over the most successful and well-oiled recruiting apparatus that we've ever seen. And so like, I think he'll turn in top 10 classes. Um, I'm very comfortable saying that. I'm also equally as comfortable as saying that he will not live up to uh, the recruiting of Nick Saban. And I don't think that's, I mean, I, I I don't think many would argue with that if you're being objective, right? Um, Nick Saban was outlier good at recruiting. Uh, Nick Saban in his tenure at Alabama, and this can all change. These numbers can change slightly based on what sites you're looking at, right? But in his tenure at Alabama, eight times had the number one class in the entire country. Jimbo Fisher was second with three. And then there was like a handful of coaches with one apiece. So the point is, he didn't just dominate. He was a statistical, mathematical outlier. I cannot be- believe that a guy is just going to walk in and 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 follow that up and be able to do that as well. Um, now I still think he'll be very good because, again, that is a well-oiled machine you're taking over there, but I don't think you're going to see the consensus number one classes year in and year out. Um, and where does that lead? What does that mean? That means that there's a power vacuum because not only we don't talk about this, not only is Nick Saban gone, but Jimbo Fisher gone as well, who has been a power himself in the pure recruiting department. Um, and so that means that UGA basically stands on a post. They are, uh, what, what's, um, Oh, what, what's, what's the monster from, um, Grindle, right? What's that? Why, why am I uh, not Beethoven? What, what am I? What am I thinking of? The old epic poem, the old Norse poem, uh, whatever. The monster Grindle, right? The one creeping outside that's coming to steal your children and eat them and kill them. That is UGA. I mean, you look at this class, number one in the country, the most four stars in the entire country, four players that rank number one at their position, ten of the top one hundred recruits. That's ten percent. Seven of the top fifty. I went to LSU, so this is tough for me, but that's 14%. And this is all after losing the number one quarterback in the country in Dylan Rolla. Beowulf, thank you. Jesus, what am I doing? Beowulf. Um, so it's, uh, it's scary to think about the prospect of Kirby Smart in this post-Saban era. It definitely feels. And I'll, now, 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 also, though, in theory, recruiting, it should be harder to stack number one class of the number one class this year because of some of the more democratized rules. However, we always got to remember with Georgia, they're like everybody else, only more so, right? They, they lead the country in per capita D1 players, uh, but they're also the ninth most populous state in the country. And again, they are the only major in-state player. I do not grant Georgia Tech that rank. Um, So Georgia pretty much stands unopposed here now. 
Uh, one other thing that jumps out to me is that like the SEC still dominates over the Big Ten. Uh, you have Ohio State. Um, you certainly have Oregon, which I want to get into. Um, but the SEC dominates. But I do think that the Big Ten's position to make some moves. I just don't know if they'll always be held back geographically by their talent pool. Um, but in this new democratized version of college football, um, where you have a more interesting and varied Big Ten, look, I feel like Nebraska could emerge as a power player. Um, we'll get into Oregon in a second. They feel like a legitimate power player already. Uh, Jed Fish at Washington could be interesting because hell hath no fury like a program scorned. And at Washington, they have money and they are motivated to proving to Kalen DeBoer, you should have never left us, right? So I think Jed will have resources. Maybe he can make something happen there. Um, You got to imagine Luke Fickle, although hiring Alex Finch may be a red flag. You got to imagine Luke Fickle gets a role in at Wisconsin at some point, right? When, when you look at the talent that he was able to attract in Cincinnati, having like Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner, I mean, multiple NFL draft picks on a Cincinnati team. Uh, USC should be a player, but that feels maybe a little sketchy now. And then maybe like Sharon Moore puts more into recruiting than did Jim Harbaugh, right? So I think there's potential for um, the Big Ten to move up there. But we got to talk about Oregon because Oregon coming in at number four in the consensus on three rankings is quite a fucking statement. Um, like Dan Lanning's really changing the ceiling on what Oregon can be. And we sat down with him and he told us to always be crouton and uh, he ain't just walking that walk. Oh, fuck. He ain't just talking that talk. He's walking that walk. And when you think about it, again, we are in a post-Fisher and post-Saban era. And when you look at this confluence of events, the youth of landing, the fact that you can now pay players, um, the success and the proof of concept that he's already shown on the field, the move to the Big Ten, where if you have dreams of the NFL, you're not playing one of the best conferences. Like, There's a lot of different elements all swirling together to promote Oregon under Lanning as maybe a legitimate year-in and year-out top five recruiting force. And that's wild because that's been maybe the one element that has been holding um, Dan Lanning back up to this point. Uh, George says, the question is, can he develop them? Every good player for Oregon so far has been a transfer. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I don't, I mean, maybe with the skill guys, that's been the case. I, I'd have to look at like, I'd have to really do a dive on linemen, right? Like, has he improved defense all been transfers? Has he improved offensive line all been transfers? I find that a bit hard to believe, but um, we will, we will, that's also something that will develop over time as we get more data. Uh, Royal Paintings, I think the Big Ten is basically Oregon and Ohio State the next couple of years. I still think, uh, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to write off Michigan just yet. Um, sometimes when a coach lays out the blueprint a la Harbaugh, uh, they can have a tail that can keep you relevant for a while. Though I, I do feel you if, you're, if you if you want to uh, be bearish on Michigan. Um, I still think that, I don't know how far away Nebraska is, but I still think their potential is massive. Penn State, is Penn State still relevant? You know, I think James Franklin's going to have some real come to Jesus discussions with himself about how he treats offense and offensive coordinators. But um, I think I'm not not just going to throw Penn State out of the bathwater. I don't know what to make of Iowa. They always overachieve, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, certainly if you want to say that it's like Oregon, Ohio state and Michigan next year. Yeah. I'd say that's, I'd say that's correct. We can't grant USC any of that ranking quite yet. Um, and then also look, final thing, sec adding Texas and Oklahoma. What do you know? Two more consistent top 10 recruiting teams, right? And Texas is probably trending towards being a year in and year out top five squad. And, uh, despite my doubts on preventables, if there's one thing that dude can do, it's, uh, recruit. Texas Rock, sorry, just joined late. So is Saban taking courses, please? I, you know, I, I don't know that it's a, um, is this like a coaching waiting situation? I think that's what's going to have to be figured out. That feels like the most natural progression there, right? So we will uh, have to wait and see. Um, all right. So the other day on Twitter, uh, Sports Twitter Hall of Fame was trending and chose some of my, um, yeah, look, we all love Corso, dude. We all love Corso. And I'm here's where I'm at, of course. So I, I, I don't actually find like, I don't find any of my enjoyment sucked out by 
Corso at all. Like I, I still love having him on the show. And if he wants to do the show, hell yeah, keep doing the show until you don't want to anymore. Um, but I do want Saban to have a bigger role. Um, what if Saban, my, this is credit to Taylor Sharp, my producer, of my morning show. Uh, what if Saban puts on a mascot head? That'd be fucking awesome, dude. Oh my God. I'd be so pumped if he did. Um, Black Raider Steel, tainted titles are celebrated. Nick Saban is elevated. ESPN will say anything. They reported Sark and Kiffin are from Nick's coaching tree. They cut off their championship teeth, or they cut their championship teeth with Pete Carroll. Well, look, football's incestuous, right? Guys are going to um, have claims to multiple trees in uh, in 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 that regard. And, and both Sark and Kiffin do have connections to both uh, Pete Carroll and Nick Saban. So I think that's... um. I think that's fair. And I also don't find that Michigan's national championship to be tainted, right? Um, sure, they were cheating maybe a bit more so than others, but they got caught, they stopped, and they still kicked everybody's ass. So that's the champion in my book, bro. Um, <laughs> World pain saving should be more like a Roman emperor in the Coliseum. Thumbs up or thumbs down dramatically. That's sick, actually. That would be fucking great, dude. Oh my god, that's that actually might be my favorite idea. It's also I just rewatched Gladiator, my light wife, the other day, and she had never seen it before, and she was ecstatic. Uh, she loved it, and she's not always like. It's sometimes hard to get her to lock into movies, and even yesterday out of nowhere, she's like, "Man, I'm just like thinking about Gladiator constantly now." She tell me, like, I think that's the best movie that I've seen this year. Um, no, I was not getting ready for Gladiator Two. I was going to watch Napoleon. And then I, I learned she had never seen Gladiator. And I was like, well, what the fuck, dude? We got to watch Gladiator, man. And it was awesome. It holds up incredibly well. I remember being a try-hard nine-year-old football player, and I would take the sand or the dirt from the field, and I'd rub it in my hands before the Duluth Wildcats would go to battle. Um, Some guy, YouTube never notifies me when you go live. <laughs> Shadow ban, bro. We're too risque. No real talk. Um, I don't know how that works. Uh, but we are, remember snaps live Monday, Tuesday, Thursday at noon. You can always count on that. Um, not, let me know about Napoleon. Not what I expected. Yeah, I've kind I kind of heard that as well. I mean, look, I'm going in with an open mind. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not expecting greatness. So. World Painted, I'm listening to a detailed podcast on Napoleon. It's amazing. So that's actually interesting. That is one of the few biographies that I started and I just didn't finish. It was a little dry. And quite frankly, I found Napoleon to be deeply fucking unlikable. Deeply, deeply unlikable. Like one of the core reasons why is like, okay, so he's a part of the French Revolution, right? Meritocracy and whatnot. Stop giving people jobs just because they're blood or whatever. You know, I'm a Nepo baby. So ironically, kind of arguing against my own case here. Um, but like, so what does Napoleon do when he finally assumes power? He fucking puts his brothers and shit in charge who are slapdicks. Like he does the very thing that he was decrying and revolutionizing from crazy, crazy. Um, Vince Young used to watch gladiator four games to get pumped. Hell yeah, dude. All, all football players did from, from that era. Win the crowd, win your freedom. Legendary speech. Um, some guy says he has alerts set. It still does not work. Well, I don't know. How about everybody sets their alerts and then we'll, we'll maybe get to the bottom of this. Um, <laughs> fuck if it zoned out. I was thinking y'all was talking about Napoleon dynamite. I have actually talked a lot about Napoleon dynamite lately. Um, what a oddly impact culturally impactful movie, uh, for many of us, including myself kind of feels like almost the, the birthplace of the hipster movement. Or the hipster movement at large. Um, and still very funny. I was watching some scenes the other day. Uh, all right, let's get to these Hall of Fame sports tweets. It's our favorite sports tweets of all time. Uh, we'll just go in order here. We're going to start with Hugh Freeze tweeting from his account. If you have facts about a violation, send it to compliance at olemiss.edu. If not, please do not slander these young men or insult their family. Just an incredible look. I, I support you, Hugh. I'm a firm deny till you die believer. You know, like the onus of guilt is on the prosecution. Okay. So prove that shit. Unfortunately for Hugh, 
a lot of people did email compliance at Ole Miss.edu and um, they had facts, but, but I love it, but I still love the defense there. Uh, next, one of my favorite legendary Twitter user, Dragonfly Jones. He says, college football is great because every guy on the field is the best football player to come out in high school, his high school in years or perhaps ever. But then you get a matchup where one of the guys is a future nine-time pro bowler and the other is a future litigation attorney. And that's when the magic happens. Very true. Very true, dude. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually, he's right. Like that is kind of the magic of college football. It's, and that's why it's not as sanitized or perfect as the NFL is where everybody's on an equal playing field because it's not an equal playing field. And that kind of creates a lot of fun dynamics. Um, Pat Gunner asked me who's the best player it's ever matched up against. I would say, I, yeah, I mean, I would say Nick Fairley, you know, odd player. I mean, there are a lot of good ones. Marcel Darius was really good. Um, Terrence Cody was good. A lot of good ones, but Nick Fairley just when he was lazy though, but when he wanted to ball, he was unstoppable. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you could say Glenn Dorsey, but like, I guess, uh, yeah, from an opponent perspective in the game, I never played Glenn, but in practice, yeah, I've never, I mean, whew, felt like I was on an episode of DBZ and he was hitting me with some instant transmission technique when the first time I ever snapped the ball on the scout team against him. I felt like his hands didn't punch me. I felt like they like teleported from his stance onto my neck and I was just locked out and done for. Um, all right, next up on the list, a classic from our guy Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, this is from December 27, 2011. I love to kiss titties. Mm -mm -mm. Yes, we look um, buried on Facebook somewhere out there are pictures of me from high school with belt markings all over my ass from like me and my friends getting drunk. Like we did not understand that stuff you do on the Internet is. Written in virtual stone, right? This is a modern conception. So Mitchell Trubisky. Look, man, he probably sucked in some on pair titties back in 2011. And my boy was pumped two days after Christmas. Um, I don't know if he was in college at the time. What? Maybe it was one of those like high school reunion parties and everybody's back home. Maybe take like a 23rd party, 26th party, whatever. Um, and I don't think Mitchell's alone. I would say, given the American hang up on the female nipple and generally how we treat boobs, I'd say a lot of us love to kiss titties. Um, I know. When my wife got pregnant the first time, I got a little freaked out. Second and third time, I really started looking forward to those milk swollen titties. So I feel you, man. I feel you, Mitchell. We a lot of us do. A lot of us do. Um Speed Trap on Napoleon Diamond says, I want to say hipster. It's a cult classic. It's just a go goofy movie. Hipsters are D-bags, the loafers, and capris. I just mean like from a style and aesthetic perspective. Um, I if 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 hipster is a pejorative for you, that's fine. Don't attach it. But but I but I do think from a style and again aesthetic perspective that Napoleon Dynamite had a huge cultural impact. Um, Royal Pain going to be funny to see a presidential race in some guy's Twitter account when he's fifteen comes up. Yeah, I agree. Um, speed trap. I can't go day without them Tigo bitties in my face. Tigo bitties, one of the classic old school underway under uh underrated way to describe large breasts. Um, here's another class. This is from February 19, 2007, very early Twitter before he understood it. And somebody who had access to the San Diego charges account tweets so hungry, need to find my wife and head to PF Chang's PF Chang's is so good. God, there is a sincerity and an innocence here that feels nostalgic and warms my heart. Um, it's just wonderful, man. It's just wonderful. Like, again, it, this this is reminiscent of Dan Lanning's love of Outback when he tried to say that uh, that 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 Chili's was in no way like an Outback. Um, and I love it because, like, look, I like when people celebrate things that they're into. Yeah, Dan Lanning did say Outback was on another level. Quote, another level. Which, okay, sure, whatever, man. Look, I like a blooming Onion as much as the next guy. Um, But yeah, my man's was just feeling it, bro. He's like, I just fucking love P.F. Chang's. I'm hungry. We're about to get it. 
Next up, this is for you Alabama fans. Um, PG said the Chargers tweeted me energy, and I feel this, but this definitely has me energy too. As soon as Chris turned T2, I beat my dick to Nick Saban one time. That's how much he meant to me. And that comes after the Saban retirement. So a uh, Twitter still popping off. Shout out. And then finally, this is actually my personal favorite. When this um, popped off, or when this uh, Sports Twitter Hall of Fame thing came about, this is the tweet that immediately jumped into my head. And it's from Denny Carter, uh, Denny Carter at CD Carter. Uh, and he goes, typical quarterback tweet. Love my teammates. God is good. Running back tweet. Keep grinding. Tight end tweet. Derp. Wide receiver tweet. The enemy speaks kindly and holds a knife. <laughs> I mean, yeah, thank you. Uh, shout out to everyone who's going to be playing some season of discovery tonight. Uh, I love you all. Y'all are the reason why we get to do the show, and it's so much fun. So please hit the like button, sub, and um, share the show with your friends. Yeah, going to be 35 tomorrow. Um, crazy, man. What was I going to say? Oh, thank you, Pat Gunther, Danny Cardenas, Chris Tran, Adam Grassi, Christian Hunter, Ryan Bromley, everybody at the volume for making this show happen. We love you. And we will see you all later. Uh, Snaps live Monday, but stay on the channel. We're going to be updating stuff throughout the weekend. Later, y'all. The volume. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.